there and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you're listening from today, I want to welcome you to this conversation. My name is Paul Joy and as the chaplain here at Yarra, I am thrilled to have the opportunity to sit down from time to time with Yarra Old Grammarians affectionately known as Yogs, and today is no exception. Today, this interview that I'm, uh, this conversation that I bring you uh, was done um, over Skype, and uh, so some of the audio may not be as high a quality as we're getting used to here, but here in episode 16, I sit down with Olympian David Colbert from the class of 1984. In here, we're going to talk today about uh, obviously sport and the massive impact that that has had on his life. And we touch a little bit about uh, where he's at today and and how uh, he continues to be involved and engaged in sport and where that all began when joining or since joining Yarra Valley Grammar Community in year six, many, many years ago. I love the little uh, reflection that David gives uh, as he shares some unique attributes to his performances together with one of his mentors while he was here at Yarra and a PE teacher and legend around these parts, Mr. Alan Crawley, who himself is an Olympian as well. This is a terrific conversation and uh, whether you're into sport or not, there is still some great gems in here about how to tackle life and the challenges that it can present. So I hope that you'll enjoy this episode, episode 16 of Inspired by Yarra. Here it comes. Welcome back to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And today it's uh, a joy to be joined by David Colbert from the class of 1984. Uh, David, thanks and uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Paul. Good to see you. Good to be with you. Terrific. It's uh, it's great to have you too. Um, David, I wonder if you can just begin by telling us what was the school like? in 1984. What are, what are some memories that you have of the place? Well, I started in grade six, so I'd come from Southwood Primary, so it was the late 70s when I first arrived, so the school was still pretty new. Um, I started in the, the junior school, um, I think it was term three, it was, there were only three terms back then, so term three of grade six, and uh, the hearing unit only just started. Um, the playing fields were um, mainly mud. The, there wasn't much of the school. Um, you know, uh, when did the school start? Late 60s or something like that. So it was still a pretty new school in, you know, what used to be orchards in um, in the southeastern suburbs. So it was all pretty new. Um, for me, it was a big change to go from the little primary school to a big school in, in grade six where, you know, obviously everyone had existing um, relationships and friendships. So to move into that um, environment was, was interesting. But um, fortunately, I was good at sports. So that seemed to be something that um, – and the athletic season was arriving and that was my thing. So, um, you know, I made friends um, pretty quickly. That, that's interesting because – even today, you know, whenever students come, whether it be during the year or at the beginning of a year, it's always a challenge to come to a new school environment and uh, and to, to make friends when you, you, you might know a handful or you might know nobody. It, it's still a challenge today. Um, 
you had some skills up your sleeve. You were a, a, an athlete, and so you were able to, uh, I, I guess, get some kind of leverage within your sporting ability. What what was it out there on the sports field? You, you mentioned athletics. What are some of your pet events? Well, I was a, uh, at that stage, I was doing everything. So I was involved in, in all sports, and, um, you know, athletics was my number one thing. Um, throughout, uh, I guess, my sporting career, that was it. Um, I played hockey at school at Yarra Valley, um, played a little bit of football, but had some injuries so that affected my athletics. So I stopped doing um, footy to, and it's still a regret, I would have loved to have played school footy for, for Yarra Valley throughout the whole um, school um, experience. I saw a video the other week of the Herald Sun, the old um, Sun footy shield where Assumption were playing Marcelin, you know, our great rivals in in AGS footy and, you know, I would have lo- loved to have continued playing footy but, no, athletics was my thing and long jump ended up being my number one thing but throughout, you know, all of my um, young days, I did you know, every event at, uh, at, at inter-club athletics for Ringwood and school athletics for Yarra Valley. So you grew up as a, as a local boy here uh, in Ringwood and, uh, and you could hurl yourself down the track and leap into a pit of sand and you could do that very well um you could do that you know tracking out here on uh, on the sports equipment that we've got here at yarra but that's not wh- where it ended is it you went elsewhere and you your your ability to jump in a long distance it took you dare i say it, around australia and maybe even around the world yeah absolutely around the world um, i was fortunate to compete in two olympics and three commonwealth games so i did um, world championships, um, you know, won three Australian championships. So, and was effectively a professional athlete for um, the best part of ten years. I studied and worked at the same time, but um, actually, the day after my last HSE exam, as it was back then, um, in the old um, basketball courts at, at Yarra, I left to go to the Australian Institute of Sport. So, um, you know, from from the minute um, my um, secondary schooling finished. Um, I was off to Canberra to the RAS. So I studied at the same time there, and um, so I wasn't just a full-time athlete. But that was my number one focus. So that was in in '84. You know, um, we watched the '84 Olympic Games in um, the school. You know, I had to have the TV monitor in wherever we were in the um, in the school classroom. The timing was was such. In fact, I did write a letter to the school. Um, Principal, I think it was Mr. Wood at the time, saying that David wasn't going to be able to attend school tomorrow because the Olympic long jump final was on. So I may not have been the best um, student in that regard, but I did have a very um, two very strong supporters within the school in Alan Crawley, who was an Olympic long jumper himself, um, and Rob Lethbridge, who was a Commonwealth Games um, decathlon medalist. And so, um, you know, they were both very supportive of my athletics. And um, in fact, if we, I don't know how long we've got, but the, there's a very interesting link between Alan Crawley and myself in that um, he was in a long jump competition when Bob Beeman broke the world record in Mexico City in 1968 and he finished sixth and jumped 802 and 23 years later when that record was broken um, by Mike Powell, I was in that competition, I finished sixth and jumped 802 so that, that world record in the long jump has only been beaten once since Bob Beeman in 1968 it's still the world record now. There were two Australians in the field. They both jumped the same distance. They finished the same place. 
And one was Alan Crawley, the PE teacher at Yarra Valley, and one was David Colbert, the student at Yarra Valley. So it's pretty amazing. So, um, yeah, I left to go to the Institute of Sport, and, you know, that was the beginning of my, you know, the international phase of my sporting career. That's fascinating. Isn't that a, a beautiful uh, synergy there between, and, and not only just a, a Yarra Valley teacher, but one of your teachers while you were while you were here as a student at Yarra Valley, Alan Crawley, and uh, of course we've we've got uh, some some great sports fields here named after him, and uh, and you know th- those names that you mentioned there, many people who are listening to this podcast would uh, recall. Uh, mostly fondly of their time on the sports fields had something to do with those two characters and uh, sports not for everybody though is it and uh, and I wonder whether did you have much contact with other students while you were here um, who weren't engaged in the sporting field were there other other areas that you might have excelled in or at least participated in while you were here part of Yarra yeah well like all um, um, students you're involved in the whole school community and whether it was the you know, I, I wasn't in the, the drama shows, but I was a stagehand at the drama shows. I was terrible at music, so, you know, I wasn't um, um, part of orchestras or any of those sorts of things. But the community, school life and community life and house and, you know, I was in Hughes, I think it was, and, um, you know, all of those things were, were really important. And but, but for me, it was the sport. And one of my, you know, things that I... Um, like most about my school experience at Yarra Valley was actually being in the hockey team. And, you know, the in fact, I got an email from Lockie Elmer yesterday who's mates with my brother, a few years younger than me, but they were, you know, the, the gun hockey players. Um, you know, Lockie played for Australia at a couple of Olympics and won um, Olympic medals. And um, so, so involved in not just at the elite end, it was the community element and the team element of school sport that I love. And with two boys now that are, you know, teenagers, um, at uh, at Wesley in the APS system, um, the same thing applies. They love their school sport. We really encourage it. Um, you don't have to be whether you whether you're elite or just having a go um, doesn't make any difference. So now I, I loved everything about the school experience and got ever got into everything, whether you were you know any good or not. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think that that philosophy of embracing uh, the opportunities at, at a school, particularly a school like Yarra, is, is really important. There's no doubt that school has a strong influence on, on character development and, and our outlook on life. How would you describe the bigger picture experience of your time at Yarra and, and perhaps how has that influenced your values moving forward? Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a difficult, you know, you don't think about it at the time. Um, you know, I think that the, the relationship with you, that you have with teachers um, varies. You know, I was, I don't think I was the best um, student and I think I was pretty testing to some, um, to, to some of the teachers um, at times, probably because I was focused on my sporting, you know, pursuits rather than my academic pursuits. And um, it's, but whether it was, you know, science or maths or um, German or Indonesian or whatever the, you know, the, the subjects that we were doing, you know, I, I do look back and think that the teachers were um, committed and wanted the students to, you know, wanted us to learn and to be better. And so I think that that was something that, um, um, you know, I recall quite fondly. As I said, it was because I didn't leave 
to go to university. I left to pursue my sporting career. It was there was sort of even though I did end up you know completing a university degree and you know now run our own business and etc. Which you know so it's all held me in good stead. It was my focus was a bit different from the the student who's doing their now VCE to get into a university course to you know go down a path with their their life in that regard. Being an, an elite athlete. My approach was to get to the Olympics. That was the thing that, you know, I left school with the, you know, I've got four years to make the 1988 Olympic team. So perhaps in that regard, my focus was sometimes elsewhere. With the coaches that you had along the way in, in conjunction with your teachers, tell us a little bit about goal setting and how important goal setting is. You, you mentioned there that you wanted to make that 1988 Olympic team. Yeah, and and so there was that was that's the big goal. Are there a series of steps along the way that you encountered and overcame? Oh yeah, no doubt. In fact, the big goal was to win the AGS Athletics for Yarra Valley, and um, you know, to win those events at, at that particular time. So it's it's one of the things that we talk about in our business every day from a strategy perspective. That um, you know, you have a big goal, but the daily things that you do every day get you there, and. You know, for, for athletes that have got a training plan, they just don't go for, what am I going to do today? I'll go for a run. Well, that's there's no athlete on the planet. You know, Usain Bolt doesn't wake up and say, I'm going to go for a run. He's doing, you know, 10 by 60 metre sprints or he's doing lifting weights or he's doing, you know, all of those little micro things that make a big difference. And, um, you know, certainly from a from a daily planning perspective and planning out your life, that's their things, you know, continue to follow me today that, um without that specific strategy and plan of what you're going to do, the big goal is impossible, absolutely impossible to achieve. And um, I know when I was studying for exams, I was very good at that because, you know, you would have the training diary. Today I'm going to do an hour of maths, I'm going to do two hours of science, I'm going to do a practice exam here, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and you tick things off um, along the way. And no doubt that that helped me um, and continues to help me because that was the training program. What am I going to do today? I'm going to do this very specific thing to help me achieve that big goal. Some some might look at it and, and perhaps with some uh, acknowledgement of being naive about the world of professional sport, some would look at that and, and appreciate the, the glamour and the, the, uh, the fame that might come with that and the, the sense of achievement that comes with crossing the finish line or, or jumping the, the, the furthest jump, that there's a certain degree of freedom attached with that. However, as you suggest, there's students even today who are planning a, a career or at least their next phase in education that might feel quite um, structured and, and organised and o almost... Um, uh, holding them in and yet as a professional athlete you were very structured and in fact day to day within your training schedule but also in life structure is important to you even today um, yeah it is um, but it's also um, you, you can't let that define you. you've got to have a plan of attack and you know one of the things that a sporting career um, teaches you is that um, there are a hundred little things you have to do to get the big thing happening. And, you know, m my thing was long jump. You know, you had to run 40 metres, you had to hit a board that was 20 centimetres wide, you had to be right at the front of that board, and then you had to, as you described it earlier, it's pretty simple, you have to throw yourself into a sand pit um, and try and jump as far as you can. But to do that, 
there are a whole range of steps that have to go along the way. And, um, you know, I, I would have been a better decathlete than a long jumper. And um, I also would have been better if my goal had have been to win the Olympics rather than to make the Olympics um, because I made the Olympics and then sort of had struggled to reset with the next the next goal. Um, and if you talk to someone like um, Kathy Freeman or Steve Hooker or Sally Pearson, their goal wasn't to make the Olympics. Their goal was to win the Olympics. So having that grand vision is a really good thing. And um, it's one of the things that we speak to our boys about, um, about you know what they want to do and what they want to be. And um, it's uh, very difficult when you're, when you're 15, 16, 17 to think this is what I want to be. And that um, and you shouldn't be scared to to go down a completely different path if you get to university and decide that that's not what, what you want to do. In fact, I'll use the example of my brother, if I can, Jeff, who went to Yarra Valley as well. He finished in 1986. He finished his um, school um, and wanted to be, he started a physical education degree at um, at the old um, La Trobe, whatever it was, out in Bandura. And he, uh, uh, he went there on the first week and didn't like it hated it. He got very good marks in his VCE. And so he, he dropped out, stopped, and did an economics law degree at, uh, at Melbourne Uni. Um, has just recently left GE as the head of um, GE Australia and is the now um, about to start as the CEO of Sydney Airport. So, you know, he, he walked in, realised this wasn't for him and did a U-turn and the, the results have been for him fantastic. So, um, you know, just because that path that you want to go down is what you want to do now doesn't necessarily mean that that's where you're going to end up. In the world of sport and in business, and look, in life really, there are going to be a series of uh, times when you don't quite uh, succeed, you don't reach um, the, the goal. So in your career, you've had some knockbacks, you've had some disappointments, you've had some, dare I say, you've had some failure. How do you cope with that? Tell us a little bit about uh, dealing with failure because when you are competing, when there's other competitors, somebody will jump further than you or you obviously will jump further than the rest of them. Jump further than the rest, you win, but if you don't, somebody else has beaten you. You've yep. failed it to a sense. Yeah. How, how do you deal with failure? Um, not very well, to be honest, I don't. Um, you know, if you look back on my career, it's, uh, um, as I get, I, you know, work in media as well and I do a lot of, uh, I do an hour, hourly show with on, on SEN Radio in Melbourne and if you read the SE, SMS machine that comes through, I'm a complete loser in all aspects of life. Um, you know, I finished second twice in two Commonwealth Games and it pains me any time I think about it that I didn't win those two um, games. I don't think I was ever good enough to, to win an Olympic medal, but I would have liked to have finished in the top eight in the Olympics, so I finished 11th. Um, I would have liked to have, I finished six in that world championships that we spoke of earlier. So, you know, that was the, the highlight of my career there. Um, so, you know, from, from it, if you're looking at it harshly, very harshly, I didn't achieve what I um, wanted to achieve in my athletics career. Would I describe it as a failure? Well, of course not, because, you know, you've gone to two Olympics and, you know, I, I look back and think, did I do everything that I could to, to get the best out of myself? And when I answer that question honestly, the answer is an overwhelming yes. Um, in, in our business, you know, we run our own sports marketing and, and PR business with my, my wife as a business partner. 
Um, we have successes and failures every day. So we, um, we pitch stories to media and they don't get up. So that's a failure. We pitch and they win and, uh, and they, they, they do happen and that's a win. But then the story comes out and it's not as good as we would like. So that's a, a loss. Um, we lose business, we gain business. It happens on a daily basis. Um, you've just, and, and I don't like it. it. It winds me up. I get angry about it when we lose a, a client or um, we don't win a pitch. Um, but you just dust yourself off. And, you know, I do tend to find that in, you know, 24 hours or 48 hours, I'm back on track, you know, focusing on the next thing. But it's okay to be disappointed and, um, and, Angry, as long as that anger anger's internal and not taken out on the rest of the world, and uh, it's okay to be disappointed if you don't succeed. I think, and that's what drives you to the next time, next the next win, whatever that might be. Absolutely, look, I, I would agree with you. I, I think it's important to allow yourself to be disappointed um, for a period of time, and then to to rechannel that, and and maybe that makes you more determined next time to uh, to to try again and, and, and persist. I think persistence is a, is a big key these days and, and the ability to, to be knocked down in, in one shape or form, but then get yourself back up again, as you say, dust yourself off and get back in the game. Mm. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk for kids about resilience and those sorts of things. And I, and I, um, I agree with that. Um, you know, it's, I don't agree with the, the concept of everyone getting a participation certificate and everyone getting a ribbon and all. You know, there, there are winners and losers in life, and that's the way life is. And whether it's at the school sports, if you run a race, there's a winner. Um, and there's someone that doesn't win. But um, it's how you measure that performance. And, you know, again, to use a sporting analogy, um, if we had someone in the 100-metre final of the Olympics in Australia and that person finished last, eighth place. To me, that's not last. That's the eighth fastest person in the world. And that is an unbelievable achievement. And we haven't had one since 1956 Olympic Games. So if we could get an Australian, it's like, you know, in the Tour de France, you go to the Tour de France, Cadell Evans finally wins. If he finishes second, he's hardly a loser. He's the second best bike rider on the planet in that particular race. And that, that should be celebrated. So it's that little nuance that, you know, if, if you try and do something not everyone can win it, but it's the application and the trying and the achievement that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I fully agree with you. I want to give you an opportunity to um, have a 30-second brag, if you like. <laughs> what's what's working for you really well right now? You, you mentioned there about your, your business and your, 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 your wife is also your business partner. Um, what's happening for you right now? What, what, what are you involved in and what's working well? Um, well, we've got a really diverse range of projects that we work on that we really like. So we've just been involved in the Australian Masters Games in northwest Tasmania. And next uh, next week, our, um, we're working on the Pacific School Games, which is actually a um, competition that I competed in, in the first edition in 1982 and, um, and also 1984 in, in Melbourne. So to work at that level, uh, you know, back in sort of full circle is really interesting. Um, the fact that you're, the, you're you're working for yourself and you're, you're the master of your, your own domain is is something that I find really challenging but interesting as well. Um, you know, the, it's not just all rosy though. You know, running your own business is is a very difficult thing, and when you've got staff to have to pay and um, the office to keep the doors open, etc., is 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 often a challenge. So. 
Um, but, you know, we're proud of what we've been able to achieve in that. We've been doing it since 1998. So, you know, coming up to 20 years is, is, is an achievement to be running your own um, business in that regard. So that's something that, um, uh, you know, I certainly enjoy. You, you clearly, clearly are an achiever, and and as you say, to, to still have the doors open, uh, twenty years down the track is uh, is certainly a success. Um, over your journey, whether it be teachers or coaches or, or life mentors, no doubt you've received a whole bunch of advice. I wonder if you could share maybe the best advice you've ever received. Um, yeah, look, uh, there's not just one thing. There's not one. Um, yeah, it, it probably comes back to to the sporting learnings because that you know and I you know I, I don't want to just focus on sport 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 but um, I remember once it was before the the ninety two Olympic Games and I was injured and it didn't look like I was actually going to get get to the games at all and um, Jane Fleming who was a teammate of mine now she said one day and she'd had a bad run of injuries as well. So she was, you know, get, would get to games and not get to the start line. And she said, look, all you can do is every day do everything you can do to give you the best possible chance. And so for the next, you know, 10 weeks, not that I hadn't been doing it already, that's what you did. The, everything you can every day to give yourself the best possible chance. And you're not going to be able to stick fat with that 24-7. There'll be times when you slip and whether that's, you know, having a chocolate bar if you're, you know, if you're trying to monitor your health and well-being, or um, you don't do the, the the you do an hour of study rather than an hour and twenty minutes of study that's on your training program or whatever. But if you try and do everything you can every day, then you're going to give yourself the best possible chance of success. So, and that worked. I did do everything I could do every day. I ended up making the final. I couldn't jump very well in the final, but I made it. And at that point in time when we were having that chat, it didn't look like I was even going to get to the games at all. So um, that that mantra is held pretty pretty well throughout the journey. It's important to keep these things in perspective, isn't it? And uh, and as you say, that, that in itself, in, in, in terms of being there and, and qualifying, that in itself is a great achievement. Um, sometimes. Sometimes it is. And in fact, I was... Um, I got sent a video the other day of a competition that I was showing my my two boys who are um, you know they like their athletics and one of them's um, you know loves his long they both love their long jump but they, they like their athletics and um, they're watching this video and I looked horrendous in this thing I finished it was an Australian Championships I finished third and um, but I remember that competition and I was right at the very end of my career and I was I was um, injured and. Um, wasn't in great shape and you could actually see on this well what I could see they, they told me that I looked you know fat and slow and old and etc which was true um, what I could see was that I was dragging myself to the goal which was to make the my last Commonwealth Games team and I, when I look back at it I could, it actually looked like when I was running down you could see the desperation to achieve what I was trying to achieve and you know I call it I was two centimeters ahead of the guy that came third and I ended up finishing second in that games against all you know um, predictions even my own form etc so you know just that not giving up um, in that circumstance I think is something that you know I still um, certainly in our business now talking about before you you have the setbacks but you just got to dust yourself off and keep going sometimes you won't achieve what you want to do but 
Um, it's just having that never, um, never yielding to to um, the potential to to fail. If it's too hard, then keep trying to work towards it. And every day you'll think that it's too hard. Mm. Every day you'll think it's too hard. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answered the question. But. Yeah, look, and it is. It's, it's a daily grind and it's a daily effort, isn't it? And and it has been said that it's what you do every day matters more than what you do every now and then. And uh, I wonder, do you have any rhythms or routine, uh, whether it be a morning ritual or something that you do at the end of the day, a, a daily rhythm that you are part of that, that helps keep you, um, whether it be in shape or, or in focus or working towards your goals, is there a, a regular thing that you do that helps? Yeah. Um, so now there is. You know, I walk the dog every morning, so that's the that's part of the daily daily routine. Um, um, you know, like everyone in this day and age, you're you're a bit of a slave to you know the the device that you you pick up. And but I do you know I scan the morning morning news, see what's happening. We've got international clients, so you're seeing what's what's you know if there's anything that's interesting that's happening um, with that. But you know, walk, walking the dog. Um, is something that I really enjoy. I wasn't a dog person. Um, I'm surprised he's lying down on the floor here, so he's not uh, hasn't been barking away. Um, so that's that's what it is now. Um, uh, and whether it makes a difference or not, I don't know. Um, but I don't subscribe to. You mentioned is it fitness? Is it etc. I don't subscribe. Not having not enough time to me isn't something that is is an excuse. Um, it's prioritising time, and you know we know that there's only 24 hours in the day. Um, there's, um, you know, you've got to sleep, and for me that's really important um, to get a lot of it. I get very angry if I don't get, you know, a lot of sleep. Um, but time's not an excuse. It's how you divide that time and prioritise that time to to do things that are um, that you want to do. And there's conflicts in that. You know, I like playing golf. Um, my wife doesn't like me taking five hours to, to go and play golf. But for me, that's, that's something that's important. And so you've got to balance those priorities. And um, it's, uh, you know, that's what we do. Absolutely. And, and I guess it's about saying uh, no to the good things so that you can say yes to the great things. Um, oh, well, look, everything's a balance. So, you know, and, and um, you know, for, 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 when you're a parent, you know, you've got you, the, your kids to consider as to, you know, school sport and other activities and driving them around and parties and et cetera, et cetera. So you have, you know, what you want to do has to take second place. And when you're, a, um, you know, when you're a student, the same, you know, we would all prefer to go and hang with our friends. Um, for me, when I was at school, you had to fit in the training as well as the study, as well as the other things. And... You know, I wouldn't go to Saturday night parties because I'd have training on a Sunday morning. But that was the that was the priority that I um, determined was going to help me achieve what I what I wanted to achieve. And I don't regret that for a second. Um, so it's it's making the priorities and, and having the ebb and flow because you want to have. You know, there are times when you 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 want to do something that's more. Um, important and what might help you achieve that other goal. So that seesaw of life continues 
you know, 24-7. Sure, sure. It's, it's that constant trying to find the balance and, and what's the right thing to be committing my time and effort and energy to, to right now and, and yeah. be 100% in that. And and then, you know, it, it, it's, it's a constant struggle. And, and whether you're an elite athlete, a, a, a great teacher, a successful business person, it's constantly going to be a challenge. Well, what I would say is that being one-dimensional is not, not healthy either. So if you, if you just... Um, yeah, and this is something that elite athletes have a lot of difficulty with because they're so focused on their sport that they lose sight of other things. And, um, you know, I was fortunate that I was studying and working during my sporting career. Um, that enabled me to, um, to have, you know, to get the right jobs when I finished my sporting career. Um, so being one-dimensional one is not not a healthy thing so you've got to have that balance in your life it's just finding finding the right balance for sure i wonder whether the balance in your life does that include any contact at all with uh friends that you made while you were in your time at yarra do you yeah. still have contact with yarra and and what does that look like um not as strong as i probably would 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 like um i think a function of that was the fact that i left you know straight away so and i was gone for three years and um, so I was hardly in Melbourne for three years from the day after my last, you know, school exam. I missed a lot of reunions because, you know, I was um, away um, travelling or living um, interstate or um, overseas. So um, so I haven't um, kept as close to a lot of the um, guys that were, you know, and the girls, because um, um, girls started at Yarra Valley in year 11, I think, the year right at the end of our um, of that 82 or 83 period so um, so I don't see as much of them as as I would like but there's a few of the guys that we um, that I see on a semi-regular basis but not not as close mates who catch up on um, as as regularly as some sure it seems to me that uh, there's no doubt that you can uh, dip back into your experience at Yarra and albeit in the classroom and certainly out on the sports field and, and say that there are things that happened, uh, experiences that you had out there that have catapulted you, launched you into various pursuits in your life and uh, and we want to congratulate you on your success, um, both in life, in business and, and certainly on the sports field as well. The school motto, Lavavi Oculus, lift up my eyes. I wonder if you can just comment on what is that idea what does that concept mean to you um well yeah to the hills isn't it as well yes, so eye to the hills will lift my eyes um well i just think that it's that anything's possible and um you know we've seen that from you know you're still a, a relatively young school in the in the melbourne scene and you 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 know you Certainly, when I was there, it was like you were off in the in the country. You know, you could have been in in Orbos. You're that far from from Melbourne. And um, but if you look through the history of the school, you look at what people have achieved in all manners of in all walks of life. That anything's possible. And um, you know, I I, re I remember one day I was walking down the street with my one of my boys who was he must have been six or seven at the time, and he said to me, Dad. What was your favourite website when you were my age? And I said, "Yeah, well, that's good." And it didn't exist. Um, and and I said to him, "Look," and, and that blew him away. What do you mean it didn't exist? And I said, "Well, it hadn't been invented." I said, "You're one of the things that if you're going to put your mind to anything in life, 
invent the internet of your time. So whatever is the, you know, and now we're so far beyond just the internet. It's um, uh, as a as a tool for, for everything. But who's to say that there's not a kid at Yarra Valley right now who's going to be the next Bill Gates? And there's zero reason why that can't be achieved by anyone um, that's sitting in a classroom today. So to me, that's what lift your eyes to the hills means, that um, there's not just to climb it, but to go beyond that, that there's there's anything in life is is a possibility. I see a theme in uh, in. That's actually what it means, but that's what it means to me. Absolutely, no. I, I think there is that that notion of of dreaming big, and even in in something you said earlier, said that you perhaps even wished you dreamed even bigger, mm. and and perhaps that would have propelled you to even even more success. Because once you achieved getting into the team, then 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 what? Um, but perhaps being even more courageous to dream bigger. And, and you're right, I think there is no reason why the, the world changes and those who have success in medicine, those in, in research, those in business, world changes are here in our school and are part of our school. And, and we hope that as a school that we continue in, to inspire young people to, to make a significant impact in the world around them in the future. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't see any reason why... Um you know, it, the world now is it's it's the, the particularly the creative elements of um, you know when you look at the disruption that is occurring in business and companies that you know like Uber and Amazon and Google and the, the things that they're doing are just off the charts and um, the level of intellectual skill but fearlessness as well to go well let's 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 change the way the world operates and um, you know that change has been so rapid. Um, in such a short period of time, and I just um, admire any anyone that's working in that space. And a lot of them are Australian companies that are developing that talent. There are Australians that are that are leading the way in those in those areas. And um, so, why can't that happen from someone at Yarra Valley? Absolutely. And and look, I I think uh, I think it will. Yeah. It um, you know for a long time we've been saying that uh, you know we're we're educating young people now for careers that haven't even been invented yet. <laughs> And uh, look, no, no, at no time has that been more apparent than right now. Yeah, yeah, and you know, again, you know, what was your favourite inter internet site, Dan? So, yes. um, you know, and that was, um, it would have probably even been before apps were, um, you know, at, and you know, we've, we've all got fifty of them on our phone that we use every day. So, who knows what the next thing is? Um, um, but that's the challenge for the kids of today to come up with the next thing. It's an exciting and, and ever-changing world that we live in. David Colbert from the class of 1984, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your insights through life and sport and business and family and, uh, and your time here at Yarra certainly suggests that you've been inspired by Yarra. No, my pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Terrific. Thanks for your time. Well, that wraps up episode 16 of Inspired by Yarra. It's been a thrill to present another conversation, a conversation that I trust makes a difference. I hope you enjoyed uh, hearing some of those memories from David Colbert and uh, the many great experiences that he's had uh, both at Yarra and since leaving this great school. If you are a yog or in your, if you're in touch with any Yarra old grammarians, we'd love you to maybe suggest 
uh, a story or a person, a life journey that might make for a great guest in an upcoming episode. You could email me at podcast at ydu.edu.au with some suggestions and maybe some contact details and we'll be sure to follow that up because we want to keep uh, creating these opportunities to sit down with Yarra Old Grammarians and unpack a little of their experiences and their life and adventure that has ensued after leaving Yarra Valley Grammar because not only have they been inspired by Yarra but I believe that uh, these stories continue to be an inspiration to Yarra and our wider community. We'd love to stay in touch and uh, through our website in the community section of the Yarra Valley Grammar website, which is ydu.edu.au, is a great way to stay in touch. And uh, also suggest maybe following us on Facebook by searching for Yarra Valley Grammar. Till next time, it's goodbye from me. Have a wonderful week and we look forward to chatting with you again really soon. Bye for now.